Hi everybody, John here. Today I want to share with you the top eight things I wish I knew when I was starting out on Airbnb. Number one, it's really awesome to have a lower minimum night stay requirement. Why? Because having a lower minimum night stay requirement will get you more bookings and increase your occupancy. Think about it. If you're traveling, you want a lot of flexibility. Some travelers want to travel for three or four nights, some for two nights, some for 10 plus nights. But if you have a really restrictive minimum night stay requirement, if you're asking people to book only for seven day stays or more, you're leaving a lot of money on the table because some people only can come into town for two to three nights, maybe even for a night. So if your type of vacation rental will work for a lower minimum night stay requirement, that's probably the best way to start. This may not work if you're in a resort town like Walt Disney World or a ski town, because if you block off those weekend dates, but not the week, odds are in those types of resort areas, the weekdays will stay empty and you'll lose out on some revenue there. So you really need to know if your type of rental is going to be appropriate to have a low minimum night stay requirement. But if you're in a big city and there's lots of events and concerts and things going on, it's advantageous to have more flexible minimum night stay requirements. And that's something that going into Airbnb, I wish I would have known. The second thing I wish I would have known is reviews and how to get them. I know Airbnb is a review-based business. Vacation rentals rely on reviews. But being more upfront and asking for those reviews because we rely on them so heavily, I wish I would have known that for the first couple of bookings. Because it's really easy to get reviews if you ask for them. But sometimes we get a little shy and we forget to ask for these reviews. So a recommendation is to include a request for review in your checkout instructions. And also just ask. Ask on the Airbnb app. Ask if you have their phone number, if you have their email. Don't be afraid to ask because getting those reviews will boost you in the search results. And you want future prospective guests to know that guests actually had fun at your place. So these reviews are critical. So don't be afraid to ask for reviews. The third thing I wish I would have known was how to effectively price my vacation rental. Pricing is super important and there's so many different ways to do it. You could do it manually. You could use dynamic pricing tools, algorithms. But knowing that prices fluctuate day to day, I was taking a static approach and I was saying, okay, this is my year. These are my months. This is what historically has been busy. This is what historically has been slow. So let me set it and forget it. That was a pretty big mistake on my part because knowing that prices fluctuate day to day and are dynamic, you need to account for events that happen. Events are planned sometimes a couple of months in advance, um, sometimes a year in advance, but big events coming to town can really affect the rate you can command. For example, if they decide to host a football game in your town, you'll know that months in advance, but now you can rent your place for four or five nights and that will make your whole month because you can get premium pricing. The same when you have conventions come into town, conventions, you can command premium pricing. Um, and Orlando, we have the ESPN wide world of sports and lots of sports teams come from around the country to do competitions. Sometimes we have like a six to eight month lead time on these competitions. So if we made our pricing without actually taking into account these events, we'd be leaving thousands of dollars on the table. So having a firm grasp on pricing and not just taking the assumption that they can be static, set it and forget it 
is something I wish I would have done. And my recommendation is you can either manually change your prices and check them weekly, or you can choose a dynamic pricing tool that works for you. I'm happy to give my recommendations if you shoot me an email, but dynamic pricing tools will do a better job than a human being at this point. Um, unless you have some sort of, you know, really good local market knowledge, um, dynamic pricing tools may work best depending on the provider you use, but it's important to take into account seasonality, demand, um, trends, all these things play a factor in pricing and you just don't want to leave money in the table. So knowing how to effectively price your unit is one of the top things that you need to do. And I wish I would have known how to more effectively do it when I started in short-term rentals. I wish I would have known was how easy it was to outsource different things that you need done. And we all know we need to outsource our cleaning if we're not local or we're not going to be cleaning every time the guest checks out. But there's whole companies in the Airbnb ecosystem that are dedicated to helping you as a host succeed. I run one. I run like a larger cleaning company in the short-term rental space, actually more profitable than doing vacation rentals. Um, But there's companies that do software that help you manage your calendars. There's companies that do photography. There's companies that help you furnish your home. There's companies that set up your security so you have a proper alarm system. There's companies that help you monitor noise levels um, if guests are being too noisy and having parties. So there's something for every host, and you're not going to have to do this alone because there's so many professionals in the Airbnb ecosystem that can help you as a host make more money. So knowing that there's so much out there now, I wish I would have known to take advantage of it sooner. And when you're starting an Airbnb, or if you've been doing this for a while, really look at your team and look at what you're lacking and know that somebody is out there that provides a service that can help you fix any problem area in your vacation rental business. There's an entire ecosystem on Airbnb that runs based on servicing the needs of hosts. And you can definitely find someone to help you with any of the needs you have with your short-term rental. The fifth thing would be to use instant booking. I was so against turning instant book on on Verbo and on Airbnb because I was just afraid of the types of guests I would get, like party crowds coming in and destroying the property. But instant book is a huge factor in ranking high on the algorithm. And if you want to be seen and you want to be booked, instant book needs to be on. And there's a lot of hosts that would disagree with me here. But hear me out. Instant book, the boost it's giving you in the search rankings, why are you getting a boost? Well, the platforms have an incentive to get booked because when they're booked, they get paid. They make money. So by having instant booking on, they're going to favor you in the algorithm and boost you in the search results. So if I'm a guest and I'm typing in, I'm looking for a four bedroom in Orlando so I can go on a family vacation. It's going to show me the more affordable properties first, and it's going to show me the most bookable properties. And bookable meaning instant booking is on because I could just go in and do the booking really quick. Airbnb gets their money. The host gets their money. That's bookable for Airbnb. They want the properties that show first to be the easiest for the guests to say yes to. If you turn instant book on because you have an extensive screening process and you're really picky about the guests you choose, well, good for you. That might work for you. That works for a lot of hosts I know, but they're leaving bookings on the table and their occupancy is lower. And you may run into some hosts that say, well, you know, I've been screening my guests for years and I've had no issue. I never needed to put instant book on. 
Well, look at a host that does leave instant booking on and look at one that doesn't. Just look at their calendars. And you'll see the host that has instant book on has more bookings. And that's because the algorithm aggressively favors them. So instant booking, I wish I would have known when I started how important it is and how it actually impacted the algorithm because I would have left it on from day one. Now, if you're really hesitant because you don't want your house to get trashed, that's totally understandable. But there's a setting that you can check that requires the guest to have reviews and be a current Airbnb guest. So you're not getting a complete rando, a complete stranger coming to your house, but you're getting someone who's somewhat vetted. So instant booking, definitely wish I would have had it on. Now we're on to number six. Number six is taking furniture seriously. Because when you start this journey and you spend all this money on a rental property, the last thing you want to do is spend way more money furnishing the place, but you can't rent an empty shell. You need good furniture in there and your pictures are your selling point. And if your pictures are super ugly, no one's booking your place. So furniture, taking it seriously is super important. And if the furniture looks pretty, but you got it from, not to name names of stores, but like Ikea or you know Target, and you have basic stuff, nothing special, you are hurting yourself in the long run because guests that would pay premium prices for your property will probably go and stay at a nicer property because we're just going off pictures. And you could tell quality furniture when you see the pictures. Now, you don't want to break the bank and overspend, but I'll tell you a story. There were two homes in a really cookie-cutter short-term rental community, the exact same model. The only difference with this exact same model home was the furniture package that they put in there. And the more premium furniture package, I saw two years later their calendars, the data right in front of me, they made $64,000 more over a two-year span than the home of cheaper furniture. And they invested $25,000 more in their furniture. So they got a really great ROI on that. So once, once you make that decision and you don't put good stuff in there, it's too late to take it back. And it's really hard to take out furniture that's not selling and then putting furniture that will rent. It's super hard doing that after the fact. So you want to take the interior seriously when you first get into this. I wish I would have known that when I started. Next up, I wish my expectations were more realistic getting into this. Um, When I first started doing this, I had dreams and dreams and dreams of growing this short-term rental empire. And it was going to be easy. And I was one of the first people to know about it and lots of money and all of that. But doing this for a long time, I've learned to set my expectations in line with reality. Because you can be a brilliant operator, but we're still subject to the power of market forces. And we still have to excel regardless of market forces like the economy, saturation. We still have to do our best as host. But having realistic expectations about the market we're in, the type of rental we have, um, income goals, occupancy goals, all of those things would have made it easier to make decisions that would have both impacted guest satisfaction and the net income, the bottom line of each rental property. So I know this is something I couldn't have learned without experience, but coming from someone who's done this before, having realistic expectations makes this whole game a whole lot easier because you'll know what to expect. So when you experience the highest of the highs and the lowest of lows, your expectations are more in line with reality versus being super disappointed 
when times are not doing well or being super ecstatic and thinking that's the normal when it's not, when times are really great. It's more about having an expectation in line with reality so we can make intelligent decisions to improve our business and the guest experience month after month versus erratic decision-making because of the super highs and super lows that go on in the short-term rental business cycle. Lastly, and finally, I wish I would have celebrated the small wins and took the losses a little bit better because every loss is a win if you learn from it. So celebrating when you get your first booking, when you get that first five-star review, celebrating when you've had your eighth guest, celebrating when you've been a host for six months or a year, celebrate those small wins because it's kind of like when you're training or doing fitness or playing a sport or an instrument, the small wins keep you going. It creates that habit forming loop. And by celebrating the small wins and patting ourselves on the back, it gives us the, a, little bit of, a little bit of a spark to keep it going. So don't be frustrated every time we look at the quarterly or the annual report, because if you're celebrating your small wins and you know this is a long-term game, you can win, but celebrating the small wins makes it a whole lot easier. And when you do lose, when you have to give a refund, when a guest doesn't review you so favorably, take that as an opportunity to learn what we can do better because every time we lose, we're actually winning. Because when we get that negative review, we could say, hey, how can we improve the guest experience for the future? How could have I had made your stay better? If you had to refund someone because the stay was so horrible, find out how to never have that experience repeat again in your business. And if you lost money on a claim or a dispute with Airbnb, find out how next time you do the air cover process, how you could go about it better. So anytime you have a loss, don't get too discouraged because you're going to learn from that as with anything in life. And make sure you're celebrating your small wins because that's what makes Airbnb hosting fun. Thanks so much for listening today. And if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter where I share exclusive tips and resources with my podcast family, please go to the show notes. I'll include a link to subscribe to the newsletter there. And if you're finding any value in this podcast, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps out tremendously. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Until next time.